Well, the game was short on excitement, but each team gets a point as we start the FC Dallas Radio Network post-game show here on fcdallas.com slash radio. Sam Hale here leading you through the post-game of a nil-nil draw between Chicago FC and FC Dallas, a game with only 14 total shots, two shots on goal, not a lot of chances, not a lot of excitement, a whole lot of rain, a whole lot of running around, but just not a lot of actual production here. As we welcome in Owen Newkirk, Steve Davis, the men you heard bringing through 94-plus minutes of the, of the action. And, gentlemen, we were discussing it in the break. I think we have an early contender for the uh, least action-packed game of the season here. This might be the one we remember for all 34 in that way. Spectator standpoint, not the best game uh, from FC Dallas standpoint. A team that, let's remember, only got 11 points out of 17 road games last year. Uh, Nico Estevez, I, I think it's important that they take something away from this game. Second time on the road, played really well against New England, didn't get a point out of it. I, th- I think it's important they got something out of this one. Mm-hmm. They did, so from an FC Dallas perspective, pretty good day at the office, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just looking back at the sh- they're showing some of the highlights from the first half, and all the chances, I put in quotation marks, which works well on our radio broadcast, uh, for Chicago were, were basically that. They were half chances. They None of them were really big-time score. You know, if, if you're into the advanced analytics, your XG is not very high. And really, Martin Poss wasn't forced to do much. Uh, and then the other side of things, Dallas didn't really create much in the first half other than that header by Frank O'Hara. They did have those couple of yellow cards. And then in the second half, there were moments, but again... Uh, we were a little starved for action, I think, at, at both goals. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Look, FC Dallas comes into the game, fourth best MLS uh, in terms of uh, shots on target against per game, 2.25. Uh, they only allow one today. It's it's a formula on the road that can work, okay? Uh, limit the other team's uh, offensive opportunities. Grab one or two good chance yourself. Well, Frank O'Hara you know, if he's on target when Salonita comes out, comes uh, out for that ball at 17 yards. Yep. If he's on target, that's a goal. If Nanu does a little better right at the end, and again, limit the opportunities, give yourself a chance at the end. If you can, if you can manufacture a chance, take advantage of it. You'll come out with three points. So it's a formula that can work. It just didn't work quite well enough today, but it did work well enough to get him a point. What symmetry? They were just showing that first half chance for Boris uh, Sekulich who came in on his right, cut back to his left, the right back, and then flashed it wide of the post. And didn't that happen at the end? You had Nanu, the right back, getting into the box in open space, cutting back to his left foot, and putting it tamely on the goalkeeper. So not exactly the same outcome because one was on target, but both great chances not done well enough when they opted to use their weaker foots. And when you look at just at the at the top of the attack here for FC Dallas today, you know, Frank O'Hara started the game, had 21 total touches. Jesus Ferrer relieved him, you know, midway through the second half. He only had seven total touches. So that's your, your top two, your, your strikers, only had 28 total touches throughout the day. And, you know, I, don't, I think once we saw the lineup for today's proceedings, once we saw that Paul Ariola wouldn't be joining us, that Edwin Surreal was going to be a bench player, that Ferrer was going to be a bench player, that chances probably were going to be a, a little bit of a golden ticket in the Wonkaverse at this point, that there was only going to be probably a select few of them and you were going to need to make the most of them. And I think you, you've laid it out well that FC Dallas didn't have that many, neither did Chicago for that matter. Neither team really did the most with their chances and they were at scarcity, which, you know, in – to speak positively of that, Nico Estevez came in here with a goal 
of sh- of shutting down goals. He came into a team that was just leaking goals last year. We've noted it several times in post game here, and he comes out with another clean sheet today. He's limiting the goals through five games. I mean, yeah, obviously we want fireworks and whiz bangs because it's exciting. But he's going to come back from this probably and look at the team and go, look, you had shot suppression. You kept them from scoring. We got a point. Overall, that's a victory. Yeah, and look, a little, let's let's keep the perspective here that Chicago's a team without a lot of attacking options uh, going into the match, and then they lose Shakiri, uh, just twenty a less huge than, part of their less, attack. Yeah, less than twenty minutes in, uh, you know. But uh, look, that said though, you you still have to go out there and and play against a bunch of professionals, and right now a team that uh, conceded what was it, fifty six goals last year. Third worst history, a uh, third worst defensive performance in team history over 26 seasons for FC Dallas. Uh, right now, they're sitting five games in, only allowing three goals. Look, they're going to allow a little bit more of a rate than that. But what, what, what's that tracking over 34 games? Something like allowing 25 goals, something like that. I mean, that's exceedingly that's, low. I mean, it's half, yeah, less than half of what they gave up last year, where yeah. they gave up what was it, the third most in Major League Soccer? I think. Yeah. So, so your so your attacking ability is going to suffer a little bit if you're really making personnel choices and uh, strategic choices that that are really about as as Sam just said limiting defense uh, limiting scoring opportunities for the other team so uh, again I, I think you'd have to say uh, a lot of missions accomplished today and really you know the old axiom three points at home one point on the road at this point they've gotten their one point on the road they didn't get one against New England which you know they got very close to achieving that just you know an unfortunate couple of seconds cost them two points and you know, it, it's hard to really fault this team in particular because we knew that coming off the international window with Oliath that's not 100%, especially missing, again, who you could argue has been your best player all year. You know, hopefully he'll be back for next week against Colorado. We'll tackle that here in the next segment. But just the idea of going up to a very ugly game because this was ugly. It was, it was rainy. It was chilly. The officiating, especially in the first half, uh, I think probably the safe way to say is left some to be desired for the FC Dallas side as we saw Ana Velasco and Frank O'Hara uh, having some uh, forceful questions for the officials today. Uh, it's On the flip side of that, though, if I may interject, sure. they, they at least didn't get a soft penalty claim as Fabian Herbers was bumped into by Quinone on a yellow card in the box. Quinone had already picked up the yellow and had another foul in midfield, which could have very easily been a second yellow and a red. So I, I think at the end as much as we hadn't seen Pierre-Luc Lazier before as a referee, I ended up being kind of in the middle of the road on it. I I didn't think there were that many issues. I did think there were a couple moments where maybe the control of the game was at stake. And and then sort of that silly moment late when uh, Pomichol was down and he wanted Dallas to kick the ball back to Chicago was kind of funny and weird. But again, in the end of it, I don't really think it had too much of an impact, which is what you want from your referee. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you, in the end, uh, I don't think I have any problems with the refereeing today. No, and like I said, when you look back at this game, the refereeing is not going to be the thing that prevented either team from getting three points. Nope. It, their their play over 90-plus minutes is the reason. Now, when you look at the players we did see today, Hader Obriog came in, Facundo Quinone came in. Uh, I don't – I mean, the Hader Obriog experience has been well-documented on this post-game show that you take the good, you take the bad, and you get the experience there. But looking at Quinone specifically, who came in and we saw his first start of the season, he's a more of a defensive-minded player, so it's not surprising that the way that he played made that as such today as we as we saw the, the more defensive-minded format today um, with them kind of shifting between setups. 
but I, I didn't see anything today that put me off him. I mean, Cerrillo's been pretty well this season. He's really showing and growing into that number six position. But it's nice to know that if he needs a day off or you just want to give a different look to a different team, that Kenyon can be there and play, albeit a little bit of a different-looking version of that position, but a competent one is what matters. I think it's interesting, and I, we had no inclination that that was going to happen, except for we did and didn't believe our eyes. And that is probably something we'll have to reevaluate re for next broadcast because, Steve, you and I both saw this at our closed training session and went, oh, they've got to be mixing things up because their progressions were in front of us, but we chose not to believe it. Yeah, we, we saw uh, the first thing we noticed out there was Quinone. Uh, it looked like ahead of maybe uh, Surreal in the rotation, but sometimes that's thing, that, sure. that stuff is hard to pick out in training. Uh, but but one way or the other, it's uh, – uh, I, I – I, I, don't think uh, Kenyon did um, – I don't know that he did a, enough to lose the spot. I don't know that he did enough to really win it back either. Uh, you know, just Yeah, a, I just think that's a, fair. Yeah. I, I think that right now I'm feeling the, the urge to see Cerillo be the number six going forward. Again, I, I'm thrilled that you have the cover of Kenyon, right? That's a very good option for competition of place and if you need – your guy to take a, a week off, but they're just coming off the international break. And so Surio was not featured for the U S in this. So he would have been training here he, unless there was a, some issue as far as health that we weren't aware of. Honestly, you'd expect him to, to not lose his position after a three, one win over the Portland Timbers two weeks ago. It's also, let me throw you a theory here too. Again, we, we talked about this at halftime as well. Nico Estevez is very much fine tuning his lineup in the way that they play for the opponent. There's a very real chance that when he was studying tape for Chicago over the last two weeks, he saw something that said, hey, not only can we get Kenyon in there to get some action, to get, to get his wheels moving, maybe there was something that he saw. Maybe he saw the – you know, I don't know. We can't, I can't get inside his head. He'll have to tell us at some point. But I could see him saying there's something here that Kenyon can offer us. And in addition to that, we can give Cerillo a break. And that's something that we – you know, I want to address here before we get a break. Pax and Brandon Cervania – and we saw Paxton specifically. He ended up coming off for Ahmed Carr in the, at the end. He or oh no, that was that was not. He came, uh, he came off for for Velasco, who also looked gassed. But that's that even takes me to where I want to go. A couple of players coming out of the international break looked uh, very tired today in that very rough condition. I think a lot of players look tired. It, you look, at, it's, it's something I picked up on too. Uh, Velasco first half, thirty three touches. He won five fouls. Second half, 29 touches, he wins one foul. And so the touches aren't that, that different, but mm -hmm. where he was picking up the ball, what he was doing with it, he was much less of a factor. I said I wanted the, the right side of FC Dallas' attack to come alive. Well, it did uh, because it, whereas the first half we saw pretty much everything work through Velasco left and left center as he picked up the ball, sometimes centrally, sometimes left. In the second half, it was uh, almost all uh, Jader O'Brien and Anu working up that side, working against Miguel Navarro, and really nothing was coming down the left side for FC Dallas. And, and you know, we've talked about kind of, you know, that those two eights, they have put a lot of miles on those treads through five games, and we were hoping the international break would give them a little bit of rest. And since, you know, they played a considerable amount of time, both of them, I mean, Cervania stayed in, and Pax came off in the, 80, in the 84th, so that's, you know, plenty of time, and they, and they showed a lot of effort there. But it's one of those things I think it will just be worth monitoring as we go forward because there's 29 of these things left. And and there aren't a whole lot of other options right now. Right, yep. even with you know with the note that Elmed Carr is training as, as an eight. They do have a couple roster spots open. Obviously someone like Blaine Ferry could be called at any moment back from North Texas. 
They could go get a free agent if they wanted to, but there's a there's that's something to monitor. Nikki Hernandez. Nikki Hernandez is another one that can play that eight who's just back into training, and uh, there's some uh, people around the club that really like him, so that's another option. There is an option there. It would be questioned because he missed all of last year due to an injury as to not just – I mean, I think he looks pretty fit from watching him in training. The question is – he doesn't have the MLS time, and well, he hasn't, hasn't had time on the ball at all in that's, a long time. That's he, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for maybe, anybody. Maybe that would be worth seeing him get a cup. I I think that North Texas is a there's a, there's another debate for another day about the the step between MLS Next Pro League and MLS is is it really you know reserve is it more two tiers down and because of that is that what Nicky Hernandez needs does he need to go on a loan spell to get some touches with a USL championship side uh, some questions to be asked for the club but they also need cover at the eight position as well so they they can't just let guys go out on loan and then not have them tell you what let's take a quick break we'll come back we'll wrap this one up and we'll take a brief look at next week's games Colorado is in town we'll preview that quickly this is the FC Dallas Radio Network don't miss FC Dallas and the Colorado Rapids on Saturday, April 9th at Toyota Stadium. 25 bucks gets you a ticket to the match with your parking pass included and your first drink free. Okay, tickets now at fcdallastickets.com. And if I can continue the tease, there are two former FC Dallas players on the roster for Colorado Rapids. Of course, we know Michael Barrios had a great year, resurgent year in his first year in Denver. Ryan Acosta, hmm. former FC Dallas midfielder, picked up by the Rapids. I don't know if he's featured much. I haven't done a deep dive on them yet. But, of course, he was a uh, – that's an interesting one. When, when you talk about number eight depths, I, I think it was the right move to move on from him uh, and Andres Ricarte, but there's certainly some space there for an eight as a – at least out of the subs. I like – honestly, guys, I like Pomico and Cervenia as their starting uh, midfield duo with Surreal as the six. I really am happy with that. I just want to make sure that you have enough depth there for not just this, when I point to the weather and cold in Chicago, but the heat of the Texas summer. We know it's coming. It's too early, Steve, but it's happening, and that's going to wear people down. It absolutely is. And, you know, as we look ahead to next week's game against Chicago, which should be hopefully nice weather, knock on wood. Colorado. Colorado, that's right. Yep. Uh, we don't want to do Chicago again. We don't want to do Chicago yeah, again. No, I think we've, we've done, had enough of them. We're done with Chicago for the year, hopefully, unless it's MLS Cup, in which case we'll deal with it. I'll but, be happy with that. Yeah, same here. But So Colorado comes in. As as of right now, they they lay sixth in the Western Conference standings. By the way, obviously with a game in hand over most of the teams below them, FC Dallas third in the Western Conference right now as things stand with eight points below two play, two teams that have ten. So, you know, definitely overachieving at the moment from where they were last year where they, you know, not so great. But as we look at this team coming in, this is going to be, uh, you know, we talked about the bear of a schedule coming in. We're kind of near the back end of that right now. Chicago on the road was kind of one of the tail end of that. Now we get Colorado at home, and I think the team hopefully is going to look a little bit more normal next week. I bet we can expect Edwin Cerillo probably back in his spot. Hopefully Paul Ariola will be back. Though, I mean, Boy, that's going to be a concern. You hope that he can at least feature in the team at some point, if not come out and start. You would really hope, but I think it is also a chance that, like, that's, that's one – if you've got to take a tie or, or, or a loss there next week at the expense of putting Ariola and getting him healthy, you've got to do it because that that's a player that you're going to need for as many games as possible, especially as later the, as this season goes. And then obviously Jesus Ferrer being back should be a, a, an offensive boost to this lineup. But Colorado, this is not your big sister's Colorado. Like, you know, the Rapids have had a bit of an up-and-down 
last about half decade. But they're coming into the season. They, they've looked strong. They've still got one more game to match Dallas. They've, they've played four so far. This is not going to be a, an easy game for, for Dallas, especially – if they let this kind of Chicago hangover carry over in the next week. Uh, Colorado's been a little bit of a boogie team anyway for, for FC Dallas. Uh, but, look, I, I, I talked to Paul Areola a little bit yesterday. I think he's going to be okay. Ferreira will be back in the lineup. Uh, one way or the other, I tell you what, boys, I'm, I'm quite certain we're going to get a better game, uh, at least you know visually, than, than we did today. Uh, I'm – I'm trying to think, guys. Uh, 14 combined shots, two combined shots on goal between both teams. Hey, guys, I'm gonna have to go. I'm, I'm gonna have to get into the, into the stacks. Uh, I gotta get the microfiche out. Yeah, I, I really do because I, you know, you'd you probably have to go back a ways to find uh, combined totals, combined 14 shots, combined two shots on target. I, I bet you have to go a ways back to find uh, that in the FC Dallas. Might, might have to go back to year one. That might be the Dallas burn. Maybe not even that FC far Dallas. back. But uh, there's there's probably a couple in there. But it's uh, you, you're gonna. I've uh, seen I mean, a, f- a couple pillow fights in my day, so I, I can't really off the top of my head. Uh, I can't recall a game like that. Uh, you know the one that might, and it probably has better numbers, but the first one I think, uh, the first meeting with Nashville is uh, coming out of the COVID pause where they weren't able to go play at MLS Nexus tournament uh, or MLS is back tournament, mm-hmm. and they had to play Nashville several times in a row. Yeah. And I don't know if it was the first one. Or if it was the second one, because they played them twice in Dallas, in a, in and it a, was warm, and one of them was a real snooze fest. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd have to dig it out a little bit more, but I bet you the numbers there aren't much higher. I'll tell you what I'm actually most excited about next week is almost. I mean, obviously the on the pitch, you know, hopefully the team will be back to close to full strength. Uh, that looks like it's very feasible. What I'm really curious about is to see how the international break will affect the attendance next week. Obviously, you just read off what's a pretty good deal, if I do say so myself. You know, to come in and get a ticket, get sure. your parking taken care of. I mean, that's a that's a darn good deal to come in and, and see one of the most young youngest exciting soccer teams in in MLS. But obviously, you know, this is going to be three weeks since they played the last home match. They're coming off the international break, which could work one of two ways. They could have seen Jesus and Paul play at the national team level, get really hyped. They also might have watched this game and maybe tempered their expectations. And I know there's going to be a lot of people in you know in the offices down the hall. In addition to us who will be here calling the game, they'll be very curious about what that's going to look like because you, you really would have liked a, a decent outing scoring-wise just to get people excited because people like goals. It's like home runs in baseball. <laughs> people like those things that they're exciting. But I, I don't think it's going to be a real problem, but I am just at the very least curious to see how many fans show their face in the place next week. Well, they did get uh, a nice four-goal output uh, they last, sure did. Uh, they last sure did. game on a really nice night. Got a hat trick from Jesus Ferreira. Uh, I think you can reasonably expect – uh, a lot more offense in that one, so no reason not to expect a little bit more uh, offensive fireworks. It's an interesting schedule for them because they host Colorado next Saturday, then they have to go to New York to play the Red Bull, which will be their third road game against a team outside of the conference. Which So they've had to go east uh, three times, for three for three. Then they are back home for our next game together against Houston, an afternoon game on the 23rd. That's always fun to get the rivalry going with the Dynamo, and then Sporting Kansas City, which typically people would say that's a tough place to play. I think SKC is trying to find themselves right now. And Mercy Park, uh, Children's Mercy Park, has kind of been a good, uh, a fairly friendly site for Dallas in the last few years, much to the chagrin of our friend Peter Vermees. And when you look at this kind of run, you know, we're kind of coming out of that tough schedule where we saw Portland, we saw Nashville, we saw New England. And now you've got Colorado next week. That's entirely winnable. 
You've got New York on the road. Okay, that's a game that's going to be difficult because it's a road game, but you can definitely win it. And then Houston, who really knows what Houston will bring? It's a bit of a wild card. But you look at the next three matches, there is nine points sitting there you can legitimately claim. claim. And I think that it, you know if you want to be a little bit more realistic, seven points when you look at Colorado at home, Houston at home, and then if you draw against Red Bulls and you pull seven points out of those three games, you're in a great spot going forward. Yeah, Red Bulls a tough one because they play so differently than most teams in Major League Soccer. They're, they they in the bigger Red Bull brand way. They would they want to press and run and make the game chaotic. So that game looks a little different. But uh, you said it a while ago. You know, point on the road. Uh, win your games at home. Right now, FC Dallas has seven out of a potential nine points at home so far. Two yep. wins, uh, no losses, and a draw. So doing pretty well at home. I I think nine points might be. You know, it's a, 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 a little, it's a little optimistic, but you know, you can always hope. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you, if you, if you, I think you get seven points out of these next three games. I think you're very, very happy. And I'm not saying that's going to be easy, by the way. I, I want to interject a question to Steve, if I may. When you think of Alan Velasco so far in his first three matches for the club, he came on as a sub and dazzled in his debut, and what a night that was. And I thought was very good against Portland, had that great service in on the first goal of Ferreira's hat-trick. Today was a different one. Now, again, road trip, environment unfamiliar because he's probably never been to Chicago before. The, the conditions weren't ideal because it was cold and rainy and pretty soggy field. What do you think of what you see from your new rising star left winger through three appearances uh, not disappointed a bit uh and i'll tell you why because today was tough man uh we saw a lot of players out there i mentioned marco farfan is solid he's been solid as a rock for four games i don't think he had his best game today uh you know we saw Kenyon make some mistakes uh Hadera on the other wing made some mistakes it's it's tough out there today don't forget chicago again they're a team that uh uh, this is their fourth shutout in five games. They're tough to play against, and the team that's tough to play against, tough defensively. What was their number one mission today? It looked like uh, go kick Velasco. Yeah. So so uh, repeatedly. So considering, yeah, don't let Velasco beat you. So considering the conditions, considering that he is now a, a target, considering that the the other teams are now starting to shape their d- defense in order uh, just to stop him. Uh, he still he, he picked up uh, right away. You know, he picked up a free kick outside the penalty area, uh, drew five fouls, you know, ends up uh, drawing a yellow card on the other team. So, you know, he's being effective in different ways. What You know, did he did it, was it a dazzling display? No, but who dazzled out there today? Yeah, that's a fair, fair assessment. I would say I, I'm still very excited. And I think the shine yeah. hasn't worn off at all with Velasco. And if anything, I think he did draw a lot of attention, which is a good thing. Uh, there were moments I was pretty pleased with what I saw from Franco Hara. I really like him as a change of pace, hold up target guy in the last 20 minutes when the other team is tired and he can go bang bodies and throw shoulders and, and do those kind of things, which he does well. But Jesus Ferreira has to be your starting nine, and I think that clearly is the plan. Well, and, that, and, and I'll say this, and I'll give it back to Sam, but uh, when you talk about Velasco, let's also remember that he's the only starting member of the front line right now who is available to start. That's right. So what what, what could Velasco possibly have done with Ferreira in there to draw some of that attention? Sure. Or on the other side, Paul Ariola making those runs or him over there drawing attention? Yep. I hope we get to find the answer to that again next week against Colorado. Uh, my, I, we will be back on the air at 7 o'clock for that one with the pregame. Garrett Messel will be back with us with our interview. And then, of course, when we'll have a kick, Mark Follow will be back, and Steve Davis will be here to take you through the action. If you like the sounds of Owen Newton, <laughs> come back and join us for FC Dallas versus Houston in, a, in three weeks. He will be back on the call for that one. 
But again, thank you everybody for joining us for this one again. Chicago Fire, Neil, FC Dallas, Neil. We will be back next week with at here at Toyota Stadium. Colorado Rapids versus FC Dallas. Start on that one. Seven o'clock for pregame, seven thirty kickoff. For everyone here with this one, thank you so much. You've been listening to the FC Dallas Radio Network. <laughs>